sinners, choosers, lovers, dreamers, hypocrites, cynical bastards, anyone from a place where there ain't no telephone bills, welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. My name is Joe. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. This is the show where, if you haven't heard it, we talk about religious stuff we had growing up. We talk about if we still have that religious stuff, if we have new religious stuff. We make up new religions all the time. We invent them from wholesale cloth. Welcome. And uh, I have a great guest today, James Austin Johnson. Super funny. Uh, and he's got, as you'll hear, quite an extensive background history with the Christian church, as do I, as a preacher's kid. And uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers away on this conversation, but he has a lot of great things to say. And I'm really glad he came over. If you want to follow him on Twitter, he's James Austin. Uh, you can find him around on the internet. Keep an eye out for him. Welcome him into your life and start welcoming him in right now. Oh, by the way, if you like this show, chooseyourownreligion.com, Stitcher and iTunes. If you want, you can subscribe there. If you want, you could leave a rating or a review. I would really appreciate that. That's it for me. Quiet the mind, open the heart for James Austin Johnson. Allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners. Wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers know that you are blessed? I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best. And I hope that you choose your own religion. Yeah, I don't do a formal intro. Very uh, good. This is the new style of podcasting. Yeah, just straight in. I leaned over when you weren't looking. I hit the little red button. Uh-huh. And now it's now, you know, now there's supposed to be a moment where I go, oh. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, oh we're right. on. That's okay. cool. That, yeah. So I um, will do a formal intro later. So it kind of, but. All right. That's cool with me. Um, Station identity and all that stuff. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. Totally. Totally. It's nice to be in your apartment. Thank you. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice little studio. It's enough for me. Yeah, my girlfriend and I are looking for a one-bedroom. Yeah? Hopefully in this area. You're close to the train. That's right, I am. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I think, well, every now and then they have a for sale sign, or not for sale, for rent sign, uh, just a block away. Oh, yeah? You should check it out. I've, it looks like they're nicer places than this one, but then I'm like, I don't really want to move like a block away. Oh, yeah. Well, you know? if you ever move from this spot, let me know. Have you? Uh, yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> I def I'm at the point where I've been here for three years. I really like this spot. I like this particular apartment, but yeah. I'm kind of ready just for a change for change sake. Hmm. So I don't of. know. I mean, a place where you like living is probably the most important. Thing I know. I know. In the stormy sea of Los Angeles, the <laughs> it's the, true. Um, the rock that you cleave to is your home, especially a, a rent controlled rock. Do you have a rent controlled rock? It is. Yeah. Oh, damn. I'm just making everybody fucking jealous who lives in LA and listens to this. Oh, sure. Well, housing is incredibly boring, and it's not really... <laughs> I I am an LA person. I don't really listen to podcasts a whole lot. I imagine that podcasts are mostly listened to by people who uh -huh. uh, don't live in Los Angeles or something like that, and I bet they're sick of hearing about like minutia of Los Angeles. Oh, probably. When I was point. when yeah. I lived in Tennessee and I would listen to these comedians talk, listen to these professional comedians on the rise uh -huh. talk, I... Uh, I would always just go, oh wow, that's so that's so wonderful to learn that 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 movie theater 
you see other people at that same movie theater. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think a podcast make LA seem like a different place than it is when you actually show up to it. Oh, for sure. Because most of the time on podcasts, you hear people who are deep into their careers. Uh-huh. And that's just a different economic whole, whole setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. And so... Um, I uh, I just want to hear people talk about how to do things cheaply in Los Angeles. <laughs> I really only want to hear poor, like poor end of the spectrum comedians talk yeah. about well, living in LA. It is a weird thing in general, but like pre moving to LA or New York or wherever, like you do build up a, an image in your mind of a place. And part of that is, yeah. I think for me, was at least it was like part baked into like image of what my life would be. Like, oh yeah, you know, you just have these like I don't know. Like this is like I moved to LA like five years ago, so it was like you know you picture like living in like an artist colony and just doing putting on cool shit all the time. Mm. But then I end up you know in the studio apartment. But I I enjoy I enjoy oh, living by yeah. myself. But like I, it's, I I don't think people prepare you enough for that of like uh, how alone you'll feel. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It seems like a it seems like a huge community, and I love being a part of this community. But that's because I'm a loner, and it's a very much like mm-hmm. it's very much built on everyone having plenty of alone <laughs> to <laughs> hike sure. up mountains alone uh-huh. and look for parking alone uh-huh. and uh, often see movies alone. I mean, like people watch movies on screeners. Yeah. It's not a weird thing out here. It's not weird to, to just do everything alone. And, and it's also normal socially to only see some of your closest friends about twice a year. Yeah, it's true. That That's... It, it's that's just, just a fact of yeah. uh, fact of life. That's so that's pretty terrible. That's one thing that's not great. I just got back from the south, mm-hmm. and um, oh, me too. You see, we're in Tennessee, or I'm from Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, uh-huh. and um, uh, my accent only comes out when I'm making love, so you'll never <laughs> hear it. Um, and uh, I just uh, I did I did see again all of the things that I miss about the south, like hospitality isn't yep. really a myth people i mean you yep. you came i came in you gave me coffee today you gave me some water uh-huh. i thought that was very awesome that felt very oh thanks. but that's that's like it that's not a given here right <laughs> right that's a given back home though and um so it's really special here back home it's like oh i f- forgot that you just take yeah. feeling special for granted it's just and, a ritual yeah, the rituals. Rituals are huge in the South. Never letting go of things you've been doing for hundreds of years, <laughs> uh, like oppressing blacks, is <laughs> is, uh, is very important down there. Yeah, I say keep the iced tea, keep hating how big taxes are, mm-hmm. and then drop all the racist, homophobic bullshit that has nothing to do with your religion and but, stuff. But this then, how would we have podcast, an identity? Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying is. to steer it that way. Yeah, I've taken control of your show. <laughs> uh, what were you saying? No, I was just making another side oh, joke. Oh, you're just yeah, getting yeah, another yeah. joke in there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, comedian. <laughs> it's busy. You grew up in Nashville. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like from watching you on stage, um, very funny. Oh, thank you. That's first takeakeway I had. Very good. When I was, I was making a list of takeaways, I'm like, oh, very funny. This is funny. number one. I'm laughing currently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, number two, you seem... Uh, like I am, uh, so my I don't know how much of my background you know. I'm from North redheaded. I <laughs> redheaded. Is, is that what you're gearing up? White, to say? straight white male. Let's get our penises out. Yeah. And compare <laughs> size, shape, color, and plumage. <laughs> I, I am also a, a southern uh, white dude. Where are you from? North Carolina. Where in North Carolina? I grew up an hour north of Charlotte in a small town. Oh, okay. And then uh, went to Chapel Hill for college. And gotcha. parents live outside of Raleigh now. Fun fact about North Carolina. 
last time I went to North Carolina, I found this out, and I had no idea about this at all. The entire state is made of cigarettes. Did you know that? Yeah, no. Everything from uh, our everything floor. Everything from the flooring yeah. to the grout. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some parts that that are cigarette paper, like as yeah. the other well, element. Yeah, cause, yeah. But it's mostly, and it's mostly made by, by, by anthropomorphic cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> out of lesser cigarettes that were just the building cigarettes. It's true. And they're usually dancing. They, they have mm-hmm. one, uh, some classic, uh, what do you call them, like cobbler shoes or whatever. And they're yeah. doing top hats, maneuvers. Sort of a, um, yeah. What do you call it? A saddle shoe. A saddle shoe with the, yeah. where part of it's leather and part of it's suede. That is true. Uh, yeah, you'll see, you'll often see large anthropomorphic cartoon cigarettes walking the streets. Oh, yeah. No, that was like my high school history teacher. Oh, he was a cigarette? Yeah, he was a cigarette. Some of my closest friends are cigarettes. Oh, good. So this is a very, it's a safe space for uh, for cigarettes. North Carolina is, is, is definitely, it's a, it's a very pretty place, but it is interesting that it has the air quality of Beijing, <laughs> China. You know, it is better than it used to be. To the casual tobacco smoke just everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I I've performed comedy there a little bit. North mm-hmm. Carolina, not a bad place. A lot of cool people are from North Carolina. That's right. No, notice I didn't say like in North currently Carolina? Yeah. in North Carolina till they you know no, but um, it's fine. It's fine to I've got friends that live in North Carolina. It's yeah, that's a great. Story. I just like making fun of it because there's so many things to make fun of the Carolinas for. Sure, yeah. Because I feel like they're a they're a wealthier and snootier version of the New South. Oh yeah. Oh definitely That's what it seems like when I go. When I go to the major cities in the Carolinas, I'm like, this is these are the gentry. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's yeah. got tiny little multicolored shorts on. Uh-huh. Oh that's that's Charleston for sure. That's South Carolina definitely. Yeah. Um that it, Charleston's in South Carolina. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I always get those Carolina. I get them confused with each other. That's you know mm-hmm. that could show some homogeneity. Oh, that's insulting. We hate I'm, South Carolina. I know. I'm sure that that. The, but none of us care. The other 48 <laughs> just look at you and go, "Well, that's pretty stupid to care about." <laughs> They're even the Carolina Panthers. How about you name your states different things? That. How about one of you be Carolina, one of you be Coralino, <laughs> and then we'd always know instead of this North South. Yeah. We should, know. you know, they were named after I think it was a Queen Caroline or whatever, some mm-hmm. Queen Caroline or Prince. I don't know, Princess Caroline. My history yeah. is that cigarette taught me nothing in oh, history class. Those won't help you with that. Um, but my take, my other takeaway besides you being funny, oh thank from you, from watching your stand up, was uh, that you have, as I do from North Carolina, an angst. Also, my dad's a preacher. I don't know if you knew. Oh, that about okay, me. cool, cool, uh, cool. Presbyterian minister. So my it's grandfather like, and and others yeah yeah so and they my my family being presbyterian were more like you know fairly liberal as far as christians go not as much fire and brimstone but more like god is love etc yes i'm familiar with that being technically progressive right thought to have of just like oh are we progressive in our theology it's uh, hey it's all relative man i had, do not get to see my you know, uh-huh. blank, 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 blank. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah no. But even even still, as I say, I gather. I and tell me if I'm wrong that you have some, uh, was it, a- angst over religion or just a conflicting, you know, multiple. Oh yeah. Just conflicting like attitudes towards it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely wish I could be totally done with it. <laughs> I've always been jealous ever since I entered like more rigorous academic settings. Uh-huh. Um, I've always been jealous of like atheists and science people and basically people that are deemed enemies of traditional religious right. thought or Christian thought. 
um, by fairly narrow-minded Christians. I, I've always been jealous of, like, people who didn't, didn't fuck with religion at all. Yeah. Because uh, it seemed like if religion was as sweet as I was always told it was, that it would ensnare all those people. Right. And uh, instead, they just daily wake up and choose to go to hell. Like, they choose <laughs> to be held. Yeah. Like, they've heard the word, and yeah, they choose to go to hell. Have. I've always been jealous of people that have, like, heard the gospel and were like, nah, I'm going to keep, like, hanging out with a lot of people that are different than me. Yeah. I'm not going to enter into uh-huh. a, a biosphere where I never hear opposing ideas. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I, I, I liked people that were open-minded and stuff. And so, um, I've always, yeah, I've always wished I could quit religion, but I'll never be able to. I'll never be able to stop thinking about it and... It's right. an impact on my life and inevitably my future. Uh-huh. Like, there's just no way. There's no way. When the plane gets bumpy, it always, like, comes back up. Sure, yeah. And I, I'm i just like, oh, gosh, this feels so... I feel like a caveman right now. <laughs> I mean, I for... really feel like I'm... Like, I live in a cave and have no no clue what's outside. Yeah. When, <laughs> when I... Th- you know, when I think about heaven and hell, because it just feels very... Uh, in in soberer moments, it feels very juvenile. Yeah, well, to, to hold on to that as a major part of someone's faith. Totally. So wait, I, you yeah. be, you believed in heaven and hell like early on? Because I never believed. Yeah, in Yeah, I believe very much in a binary faith, like a list of do's and don'ts. Huh. And Christianity was a vending machine. Yeah. If I put in such and such <laughs> quarters, uh-huh. I would, you know, Get eventually them. die and be complimented by God when I die. <laughs> yeah. uh, enter some sort of judgment day situation where Christ is my intercessor uh-huh. and I am saved from the burden of sin on my eternal soul and I live in a uh, Bioshock Infinite style <laughs> cloud city uh-huh. um, where I am I guess I'm allowed to enjoy myself but really I'm still a servant <laughs> I, I don't I never understood the complicated heaven hell stuff how it's written out in scripture yeah because it just seems like dudes trying to make sense of really cool trippy dreams or trippy visions definitely and i think it's great to have spiritual poetic personal experiences i think it's a little um i think it's a little harder pill to swallow to uh, adapt your entire lifestyle based on old dreams yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And not even yeah, dreams yeah. that have a practical... Like, Martin Luther King's dream has a practical daily result. Peace yeah. among races by judging each other on our character, not on our skin tone. Uh-huh. That seems very practical. Like, oh, I could walk out the street and go fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. So I like that dream. But other dreams, like <laughs> I saw 35 wheels and the the cher- the seraphim floating in the temple ate right. scrolls and grew three more horns and each horn had a crown. Uh-huh. That's just like... This that's just a kaleidoscope of metaphors and images, and it's right. really cool that you had that. Yeah. But why, why do we make it mean so much? Right. And lead it double back to uh, ultimately just ongoing violent conflicts. Yeah, and ultimately you are a dude having this epiphany. Like you're not 
even if you are a messenger of God, you're just a, a you're guy. Just a, you're just a guy who knows how to write that and was read. A, you're just yeah. an educated dude. That's, that's what that's always it. blew my mind about like how much importance Paul has. Like he's like half of the New Testament. Paul is not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And everything Paul says is why Christians function the way that they do. Yeah. Everything Paul says is why we hate gays. We hate women. <laughs> uh-huh. we, d- we think women inherently deserve no agency in this life. Yeah. And uh, it's why we despise people from like i i do not like paul he's yeah christianity is this thing that is built on people being in large groups Mm -hmm. and affirming each other in large groups singing hymns together affirming beliefs and worshiping together and hearing scripture read to them and interpreted together it's this huge communal thing and you can't do it without the community and paul is a dude in prison like (laughs) There, you know what I mean? He's yeah, just man. he he's he hated himself for forever. Right. And then he hated Christians too, I think. Didn't he like murder early Christians? Yeah, he was Saul when he, he was murdering Christians. Past. Yeah. And I know Christianity is all about taking people with checkered pasts and wiping uh-huh. the slate clean. Yeah. Um, but he does like more than wipe his slate clean. He also mm-hmm. he also takes the words of Jesus and applies all of this medieval yeah. Uh, social hierarchical stuff on it, you know, like uh-huh. women covering their heads and all of, all of those silly rituals. They're very comforting. Yeah. But they, to me, they just have nothing to do with Jesus. And the whole religion is built on this guy being honest and having the right ideas. And, right. And, and he had, he didn't even meet Jesus other than supposedly on the road to Damascus. In the is the that whole... an Acts thing? Uh, I don't know if it was an act. Not, not an. That's Paul's after acts, but um, he's uh. It was when he was blinded. Right. That's when he turned from Saul to Paul. Well, prophecies are cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Prophecy. The Bible is just a is a mishmash of law and poetry, and some history, mm-hmm. and then prophecy, which is this whole other thing. Right. Um, edited prophecy a, and like yeah, redacted it's, and. It's a mixture of poetry and law and history and you know what i mean it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but it's not any of those things yeah i i just have trouble with the i i think it's fine for the bible to have all these magical passages i don't think it takes away at all from the the truth of um like christ's teachings which i think are inherently respected like they're respected by every religion basically yeah yeah, yeah. i think that they're definitely the best the, the best most succinct Worldview that provides for rights for everyone and mm-hmm. health, good health and prosperity for as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. So I understand why, uh, why all of those, why that book is taken so fiercely as law. But I, I really wish people only cared about the Jesus parts because they're the only parts that make any fucking sense. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a to weird me. it's a weird thing that I get to me still that so many people seem to believe especially historically, but still still today that so many people need the like a literal truth to be real in order to motivate themselves to like listen to the teachings of the Bible or like they don't feel like they're relevant unless like the prop, the crazy oh, thirty-five t- wheels in the sky thing has sure. actually happened. I've heard someone true, I've or, heard someone explain that to me of like I was trying to be like it's okay to me if Instead of seven days, it was billions of years. That yeah. does not disrupt the rest of the book for me to open my mind about the timeline of yeah, the yeah. creation story. And then a friend of mine jumped down my throat, and he's like, "If we're not a hundred percent on," and I always do a country accent when I uh-huh. when I do an angry Christian. If we're not a hundred percent on the creation story, how can they possibly accept that the salvation story is a hundred percent? 
people can't pick and choose. What are you, Thomas Jefferson, making your own bobble? <laughs> um, and uh, to me, that's just very reductive. That's just totally. very simplistic way of looking at something that's deeply complex. And the most important parts of your Christianity are going to pop up in the weirdest, darkest parts of your life. Yeah. Uh, or whatever your religion is. And uh, it's just weird to be... It's weird to obsess over um, factual accuracy of the Bible. To me, that that's not what the Bible's for. I agree. And it's, I do know some Christians who seem to not... It's kind of not proper, I guess, to talk about like what... And it's like weird. It's weird to like... It would be weird to... Uh, what is it called? Like not inquisit what's the like uh, interrogate like a, a christian about what do they really believe from the bible will happen but it seems like a lot there's like a lot of yeah don't do that educate. don't do that to anyone i'm not going to do that to anyone well except for this podcast right yeah uh but this is uh i don't know for me i i it's boggled my mind recently like i wonder because a lot of i know for a fact a lot of clergy are taught in the seminary that the literal truth of the bible probably didn't happen that they're they're taught a lot of the history of it they're taught that like Genesis is composed of like five different sources that were all mishmashed together and interweaving and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And, but they don't, they can't, they're like, it's too politically dangerous within the context of their churches to really preach any of that. Mm-hmm. But I wish, I don't know. I wish we, we could have been honest. Like, yeah, probably a lot of this didn't actually happen as it was. Probably a lot of this is myth, but it, it still are good messages anyway. I think it's, yeah, I, I, that's what, that's something that I do wish could be the case. Um, a little bit more. I think it's, I think it's good to be religious in general. And the Abrahamic faiths make the most sense to me because that's the tradition I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like when I talk to other Jewish people or you talk to um, Muslim friends, um, uh we we see we see the world like really similarly yeah like religious people do at least from that like strain of things and um i i don't know why we can't all like it's it sounds very liberal and hippy dippy and west coast but it's like i really don't know why we can't all have the same earth like i really don't know why the heads of each party Mm. are so up their own abrahamic like (laughs) religions but that we can't stop shooting each other that really bugs me i because every the message of judaism and of christianity and of islam is peace right and instead we use christianity or judaism or islam to justify killing Mm -hmm. i mean we just send our dudes we send our 20 year old dudes to go die in constant desert conflicts in holy lands yeah and And we have for thousands of years we have for thousands of years that i just there's nothing there's nothing that my faith supports in that and everyone always has tried to teach me that my faith does support that and i just don't buy it at all yeah i know i just i don't know i choose I, I use Jesus a lot because that's the tradition that I grew up in. But he never, he said I came not to bring peace but a sword, mm-hmm. but he never picked up a sword. Literally no sword touching. The only battle he fought was against capitalism right, in his right, temple. Right, right, right. And I've always, I've always had, you know, whenever I bring that up, you know, in a more religious place, someone always tells me how much, how more of a danger socialist thought is to religion than capitalist thought, even that's though a, it's like, that's so funny. Christ's like, 
<laughs> only did socialist shit. Like right. when he was here, he was just like, uh, let's get enough bread and fish for everybody <laughs> just cause. Right. You know, like, just cause that's how we do things. Not cause, you know. Yeah. And he is also fighting against uh, like the religious establishment. Just the idea yeah. that Pharisees had the like relig- any kind of grander authority. You know, he was constantly at war with them, and he wasn't even really at war. He's just asking uh, annoying like questions back at them whenever they would ask him questions. Oh yeah, you know. I just I, well uh, to wrap up a thread of our conversation. I yeah, think yeah. that like the the more mystical magical side of your religion is is good to have but you don't need it to do what the what the religion needs you to do on this earth in my Mm -hmm. opinion if you if you kind of you don't have to give up on heaven and hell i definitely think you should soft focus it because this life that you have in this finite world is incredibly important yeah and how you celebrate your chosen teacher Mm -hmm. uh in your life is very very important and and just doing the just following the law exactly as you see it written, um, to me, uh, isn't enough of an effective. It isn't effective enough application of your religion and yeah. in the in this broken, hurting world. It'll it'll draw you inside yourself. It'll 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 restrict your horizons, mm-hmm. and you'll live in these little fortresses, these little suburban fortresses mm-hmm. that people find themselves in these religious communities. Yeah, totally missing the forest for the trees. Oh man, you ever? Yeah. I don't know. I know the. Uh, I don't know. That's this, it's so weird to talk about other religions because I just I just want people to feel included when I'm a comedian. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really want to be too overtly anything. And um, uh, it, so but this is a this is a religion podcast, right? Uh-huh. So people who are who are braced for these kinds of conversations will be tuning in. Totally, correct, hundred percent. All right, yeah. then I guess I can be a little bit more open <laughs> with my beliefs. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't have to be any more open than you want to be. But oh, of course. People, um, yeah, I think from my general impressions of who listens to this, is a lot of people who are either current, some currently religious people, some a lot of formerly religious people, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, in between, kind of like. Uh, I mean, I'm a my own personal beliefs are not Christian per se, like classic Christianity, but kind of like a pantheist, weird mishmash of spiritual shit. Oh, okay. I would say. Um, I'm similar to that. I would say that I'm a Christian universalist. Does uh-huh. that make any sense? I think so. Christianity is the lens that I view all this shit from because it's the yeah. most familiar one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't like take every single law completely seriously yeah, because yeah. I don't think that that's critical enough thinking for how you're supposed that totally makes sense. What to you're me. supposed to do with those teachings? Well, one thing. Uh, do you know Ramdas? Oh, and also the universalist part is just like, like, I don't know. I feel like Jesus is supposed to meet you where you're at, mm-hmm. and I want to meet people to be like Jesus. I would like to meet people where they're at. Yeah. So I don't really care about. I don't think you're supposed to convert people. Mm. I think the idea of salvation as like a ninety second prayer uh-huh. is so is very juvenile that's like no that's isn't it a lifestyle that if you're not constantly crushing it you deserve hell i just i think you should be allowed to be a little loose on that because christianity still informs so much of my life i just i fuck with gay people and people of other races and religions yeah and i don't need them to be straight white christian men Mm -hmm. and that's sort of what a lot of straight white christian men try to do to the rest of the world is like our rules our way yeah since always please be this if you don't i hate it for sure i'm i'm much more like hey man same 
all the paths up the same mountain. Right. But conversely, I guess speaking to like using it as the lens, you're I not sound like such a fucking crunchy granola not <laughs> dude. Dude, you have yoga, no, yoga ass West Coast hippie right now. I mean, yeah. If you had listened, if you've ever listened to the podcast, it's fine. You haven't, but like I, I speak that shit constantly. Okay. Um, yeah. So that well, you're you're in a safe space to be dorky oh, and good, safe crunchy space. and all that. I know I keep using the word safe space, um, but uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, are you familiar with Ramdas? Speaking of crunchy. Uh, spiritual shit no i don't get into a whole lot of eastern shit okay what what's what what's going on over there well one thing that he talks about as uh because you know he's yeah he has a lot of eastern uh concepts and the stuff he talks about but one thing he uh he mentions how much angst he had um this idea of living living within your incarnation so a long time like as he was like going through his own like total uh, practicing yoga and things like that and becoming the spiritual quote unquote teacher he would like go home and like visit his dad in, like massachusetts or whatever uh-huh. and sort of brush up like hate the idea that he was always like his son like you know he was like and he was like a middle class white guy still uh-huh. and he's like that doesn't feel it didn't like jive with what he felt was supposed to be like you know enlightened or spiritual but then the idea of living our incarnation is a similar thing to using christianity as a lens and that he's like at some point you just have to i don't know it, it's is like you just have to like accept that whatever my incarnation is is for me personally yeah it's a guy who grew up with middle class white parents i grew up in a christian household that doesn't mean i have to believe in the same literal truths of all that but i have honoring my incarnation and by honoring sort of the traditions i came up with that's like the the spiritual language that i am most familiar with and so it's going to be easier easiest for me to continue speaking in that language does oh, that make yeah. any sense i think and i think that's a fine thing to do when you come to a place where you want to talk to people of other faiths, yeah. including people of no faith. Mm-hmm. Like you can be cut. You know what I mean? I, when I first entered this like liberal atheist world where you don't get to just be brazenly Christian right. without looking <laughs> like a nincompoop. Right. Right. Um, I, I liked, I liked, um, that Christianity informs so much of my morality, but that I was able to have conversations with other kinds of people. And yeah, that yeah. it didn't sound like a homeschooler. Totally. Or, you know, a kid locked in an attic with mm-hmm. a bunch of <laughs> Pippi Longstocking novels and, yeah. and a concordance. Hey, what's wrong with Pippi? Well, anyway, I just... <laughs> uh, it, you, I, I got over that period once I got into talking to other people and realized that it, it, faith is a huge part of my life. Yeah, I love how it made my brain work, and I love how it makes I love how it makes me behave. I love, I love guilt to a certain extent. I love having a conscience and mm. stuff, and a lot of that is informed by that Abrahamic tradition and everything. But yeah. you can once you realize that the other person may also be right in their worldview, that it's like, oh well, I'm looking at, I know this person is is Muslim, but I'm looking at an upstanding like great person who's mm-hmm. creative and interesting and has all of my same feelings with their family as I have about mine. Yeah. And they're not at all like our, our, um, our desires are not diametrically opposed at all. Mm-hmm. We're on parallel paths. Yeah. And, um, it was nice to be able to just go, Oh, well, <clears throat> Christianity is super important to me. And also it's kind of, it's kind of bullshit, like yeah. a little bit and having both sides of that, like, inside of you I think is really important. I think it's important to have to um have openness to other traditions and doubt and also still hold on to 
Jesus or whoever it is. Yeah. When did when for you? When did the it's supposed to be a walk, right? Like a journey, like a right. conversation, uh-huh. a path, yeah. a path. Yeah. Uh-huh. Should take a while. Yeah. Path's Should... not just a, a you know a plateau. Yeah. You know. When did the cracks start kind of forming for you in your more? Was it? Would you call it fundamentalism? Growing up with no, it's not fundamental. I grew up in the Church of the Nazarene. Okay, my whole family is in, is very heavily involved in it. Okay. I've got multiple pastors in my family and uh-huh. school administrators, and uh, I loved my entire childhood. I loved the way that I grew up. One thing that's been difficult for me in my adult years is, as the cracks did start to happen a little bit in my traditional conventional faith. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I would have a thought. I would feel so guilty about it. Not that I was going to hell, but because I was yeah. shitting on the family business. Like, it's like, it's so part of, it's like a part, it's like the clothing that we put on before mm-hmm. we walk out the door mm-hmm. in my family. And I'm just like hating on this clothing that, you know, <clears throat> protects me from the outside world. Yeah. Like, uh, so that's been really hard to reconcile is, and I'm realizing now how much my faith means to me. Like, I'm realizing now, like, how how they're not super wrong and it's kind of okay that some of them voted for Trump and it's okay that they just don't know the shit that I know. And I'm not super smarter than any, than anybody else in my family. I'm not, you know, fucking Dawkins <laughs> or anything like that. I hate, I kind of hate atheists a little bit. That's the, that's my holdout yeah. on like hating religious people. Uh-huh. I feel like the dog of atheists <laughs> is the most obnoxious to listen to. Yeah. But, um, I, 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 I just, um, it hurts to be someone who is whose faith is sort of earthquaking mm-hmm. um, when your whole family is is you know bathed in that. Yeah, man. Uh, you just feel so isolated and weird and mean and stupid when when you're uh-huh. around everyone else. This year, though, um, I almost like I, I at first I was really hurt that as many evangelical family members of mine or friends back home or people, rather people I knew back home, not really friends. Um, friends either voted for Hillary or didn't vote. And, and my closest family members, same thing. But like, you know, certain family members that you just, you see as gods, you see as these like moral, upstanding, great people who show you the word and all their thoughts and deeds, <laughs> yeah. speeches. And then yeah. you know that they voted for Trump because they talk about it. And you're just like the grab and the vaginas guy, <laughs> the making fun of mentally challenged people guy. Seriously, yeah, this yeah. this is this is the most unchristlike person I've ever seen, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. But they hate Hillary so much, and they can't do that. And I don't blame them. I get why people don't like politicians. You know, she's yeah, yeah. very politiciany. Mm-hmm. But, but fucking Trump, I mean, it really feels like the death of the modern church. It really feels like, oh, well, we got a PowerPoint, but all the young people left the church. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Set fire to the fucking earth. Set fire to it. Like, kill <laughs> right. everything. Yeah. Just, there is no, there's no looking up to any older white man anymore. This is who we've selected. Is this, this, this awful frog? Mm-hmm. Like, this money... <laughs> This yeah. money worshiping, yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge motherfucker, but without any ghosts to help him become a good person. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally, man. Like this is the real world, <laughs> and they elected uh, Darth Vader, and it's a real bummer. And I just have to go. I have to appeal in these moments to the open sided, my open sided. Oh, sorry, open hearted side of me. 
Right. I just have to go, well, I can't fucking hate my grandfather for electing Trump. And I can't start now um, thinking less of him because he's a great man. He really is a great man. Both mm-hmm. my grandpas voted for Trump. They're both great men. Um, but there's no changing that I'm going to vote for Trump part of a guy. Yeah. There's no changing that kind of thirst for guaranteed protection by electing power, mm-hmm. by electing the image of strength. Mm-hmm. That is that is what those dudes are ride or die on. They don't have a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. They don't see heroes with limp wrists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have a very rigid, like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, yeah, yeah. Like, even Elvis is too fey for these dudes. You know what I mean? They, <laughs> yeah, like, they want, they want um, someone who just looks like a... I don't know. They want like someone who literally never admits weakness or any vulnerability or any like any faults. But this trip that I went home, that Trumpiness, I was almost like thankful for. Um, I'm going to tell this real, this quick story. Well, like before Thanksgiving, my family promised me there would be no political talk. I was the only, I was the only vocal, vocally pro Hillary person that i was aware of besides my you know uncles who are gay and i don't know i don't think i think those are we're the only people that are like yep hillary definitely hillary (laughs) what are you talking about she knows how to do the job come on hillary Mm -hmm. if those these are our two choices fucking hillary what what's wrong with you like we're you know very i by the way and that what's wrong with you part that's um i hate that politics makes you immediately be hostile to people you'd never approach to with hostility on any front. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sickening to me to hear that come out of my mouth. Um, but, um, I was promised that there wouldn't be any political talk and we actually made it through the holidays. Everyone was very understanding. We never really talked about anything. My grandpa, my mom's dad said one thing about Mitt Romney that none of us (laughs) bit on. We just like (laughs) let it pass. And then um, I was, you know, that grandpa had an, an episode. Um, he's on the way out, so to speak. And he had an episode that had to take him to the ER. And um, so I was left with all the rest of the, the kids, basically, and all their kids and um, my other set of grandparents. And we went to a Mexican restaurant. We drove home. I drove the grandparents home, my dad's parents. They are much more politically, outspokenly conservative. Sure. Republican types, Fox News. Mm-hmm watching um and uh i took them home and uh my grandma's great but my grandpa is one of those conservative dudes who just feels like the world has totally passed him by Mm. he's just he's just he's very much an old white dude and it's there's no problem being that that's just a kind of dude to be and i'm I'm just (laughs) saying that's the kind of dude he is yeah um his world just seems like it's melting because Mm -hmm. of the advancement of other groups and he assumes that that means that there is a disadvancement of this group or something. I don't really understand that struggle that much. But uh, we made it home to their house and we pulled into the driveway and he was like, no, I I understand we said that we weren't going to talk about politics. But there is no greater enemy to free speech than the liberals. And he just launched into his, his like, you know, uh, whole thing about mm-hmm. liberals and the west coast and he doesn't understand where i'm at out here but he's very supportive he's very uh, let me say that right now he's very supportive of this career nazarenes for years and years and years did not go to movie theaters wow. they did not want to support the hollywood lifestyle of uh-huh. frivolity and decadence and bacchanal and all that sure shit. 
Um, <laughs> but they would watch TV anyway. I don't <laughs> so long as it was, so long as it was free. I mean, it was right there. Yeah, so, as long as it's free and I don't have to go anywhere. But <laughs> going somewhere, <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> uh, so it's cra- with that historical context. It's crazy that that they would be so supportive of me pursuing this out here. Yeah. But I believe it's my calling and it's where all my talents were and it's just inevitable that I'm out here. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. So they've accepted it and all that stuff. And I thought that, you know, this was my moment and I'd been gearing up for it, not sleeping for days and days and days <laughs> thinking about how I was going to light into my patriarchs about their <laughs> incredibly yeah. unchristlike choice in president. And, um, Instead, I just chose to go, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You can vote how you want to vote. I don't care. Like when it actually came up and we were talking about it, I was like, I do not give a shit that this guy likes Trump. It makes a lot of sense. It doesn't mean he's awful. He thinks I'm a baby killer because I'm a pro-choice person. Right. He thinks I want to murder babies. Right. I think he wants to murder Browns because he <laughs> loves war and the murder yeah. of war. Yeah, yeah. So we both think the other person secretly is a murderer of masses of people. Mm. I think it's more important that he's murdering people with lives and histories. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he thinks it's important that I'm murdering people that are that woman's responsibility. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. We, we just see this world completely differently. And I hated the conversation. I hate the idea of conversion camps. Mm-hmm. I hate oh, Mike yeah, Pence. Yeah. That's where our conversation went is how great Mike Pence is because he's been so good to the Nazarenes. Mm-hmm. And oh, has he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's been good to, I guess, my cultural heritage. Huh. But uh, he hasn't been good to other, you know, he hasn't been good to gay people, people at yeah. all. He hasn't yeah. been, where's he of Indiana? Is that where he's from? Mm-hmm. He yeah. hasn't been good to Indiana. Indiana hates him. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, he's not a good man. Neither of his dudes are good men. But I can't tell my grandpa that his choices and leaders are bad. Yeah. I just can't. That's a f- th- to me, if I view this world as like a flash in the pan and there's nowhere to go afterward, I don't want to waste <laughs> these minutes that I have with my grandpa talking about anything other than fucking desserts <laughs> and jobs that I got and yeah. thanking him for helping me with my car from time to time and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Totally. That's what I'd, I'd, I'd rather just have this time with these people. And yeah. that's, uh, but it, but those are the Trump people, man. It's, we already promised not to talk about that stuff. And then he just ambushed me in his car. He just had like, to. I could not get out of his car. He's sitting right next to me and he had to steamroll me about how awful liberals are. And I did not do that to him. Yeah. You know, I held my tongue and I really, I kept my heart rate down. I left the room if it felt weird <laughs> and he had to do it. And I'm looking forward to not to not having my grandfather anymore. I do love my grandfather so much, but I just mean as a trope in conversation and a trope in American society, I'm really looking forward to the end of this boneheaded conservatism that, that yeah. does, that only benefits this very small group of wealthy people. It's mm-hmm. very un you know, totally. <laughs> the, his, that guy's yeah, yeah. whole message is the poor in the street and holding on to dollars in your pocket is a pretty dumb way to spend your life on earth. <laughs> and even in, you know, and I'm, I realize that I'm an entertainer and I'm working to provide for family and be successful and potentially have more money than I know what to do with. Um, and that troubles me greatly. Like that's a, an anxiety that I have is like, what if I do achieve my dreams? What if I do achieve success? What will that morph me into? Mm. That's a part of my Christianity I take very seriously mm. is what does the love of money do to you? Yeah. What do you think it would do to you? 
I don't know. I'm I I I have anxiety about what it would do to me. I yeah. would hope that my character is such that it wouldn't change my life all that much. But you just hear the stories of people having access to only one group of person or something like that. I I worry about what happens to a comic when you stop riding the bus. You know, as that's mm. like a thing Sinbad says is like you know yeah. comics get bad when they stop riding the bus. Or I'm paraphrasing. I worry about I worry about that. So like that's something that I've talked about with my girlfriend if we ever get married and if we ever do have like a bunch and tons and tons of money that we just want to cap our spending mm. at something i i don't know i have a very limited lifestyle i like how it is i don't really want that to change yeah so you know i i think it's i think it's important it's not really common christian practice to be mega charitable it, it's more common to <laughs> drain resources of the earth yeah the, I, the I, new I, gospel of prosperity Oh yeah, prosperity yeah. gospel that you're supposed to be, or that blessings have a dollar amount or anything. I don't know. That's so, so fucking it's, stupid. It's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's that's something that really bugs me about the state of Christianity currently. Is like the Joel Osteen type stuff where it just feels like it's getting so fragmented. Yeah, yeah. Like the internet is fragmenting everything or something. Definitely. Where you just take Joel Osteen just does self help shit, uh-huh. and then doesn't really talk about Jesus and he's in, but he does bring in some scripture for a second. Uh huh. But I mean, where does that money go? I mean, it's his name and neon. I hate a preacher's name and neon. And that's, (laughs) that just feels fucking wrong. Yeah. I I hate all that stuff. And I also hate Tony Robbins. If you ever want to talk about Tony. Oh really? Yeah. He's not your guru though. I, I do not like that guy. I, oh man, watching that documentary and all the people weeping over him, it's like, oh, at least these preachers have to answer to Christ at the end of the day. At least these imams have to answer to Allah at the end of the day. This guy answers to no one but Tony Rock. He is the oh, end. Man. He is the end point of his whole game. I haven't seen it yet. Is I it- just, I don't like watching women cry over like a false messiah that's what it feels like Mm. it just feels like all these lost people that religion has not treated them very well and so they turn to the wisdom of a like a (laughs) sort of like freakishly large man yeah it just feels so primal and stupid It, it really feels like a matrix sequel yeah like all of these people could be in rags in a cave and he's still in a suit. Like that's what it feels like with a huge smile with a huge smile. It's so creepy. I don't, I don't like worshiping, uh, men or men worshiping themselves or anything yeah. like that. That's something that always kind of bothered me too, a little bit about the idea of becoming, uh, a famous stand up or like what happened, like whenever you, mm-hmm. cause it's like, you're selling on some level, you're selling your ego, right? Your personality, you're selling this image oh, yeah. of you as like a, this, as a performer, as a, as a person, especially mm-hmm. once you get, I mean, fuck using, even doing a podcast, you're like selling your ideas, your personality, uh-huh. your vibe. And it's a weird thing to be like when people start, I mean, this hasn't happened to me really that much, but I, you know, I've have friends who will say like people from the internet who will discover them from the internet, then message them and like create this whole cult of personality about that, this whole relationship with that, with you. And, and then some people just can, they, like some people who are the content creators themselves, they'll just buy into that yeah. and just double down in, in the creating of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing earlier you're talking about, I mean, just in, with them, um, I don't know. I felt like I, maybe when I was, when I was younger, I used to have some of the same concerns as you No, When I was younger, I feel like I used to be more pissed off at people, but I feel like the past couple years I've started. And I don't know if it's like, 
um, being disappointed in people, but just realize, I feel like just so many people are not rational with so many things in their lives, just on a base, on a very basic level, myself included. There's so many things where we, where I think I ha- I'm like making logical, rational choices, but they're really influenced by a mixture of my current body chemistry, whether I went on a jog that morning, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess my, I, it's, I just try to tune out a lot of that. I just burped into the water <laughs> for no reason. It's beautiful. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I try to just keep that in mind. Like I, I just try to throw out like the ultra political shit, the ultra conservative shit, and just remember, just trying to like connect with the compassion of them as like, you know, I mean, we live in two Americas yeah. at this point, <laughs> but they didn't come up with that. And like most people who voted for Trump didn't invent this vision of America. They, they've been sold this vision of America. They've been sold this certain narrative, just like liberals. We've bought into our own version of America. We just, we, and whether I happen to think mine is more correct and more loving and more accepting and, uh, I like my vision <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit more, but, yeah. um, at the end of the day, I guess I feel like a lot of the, and then when on top of that, when you identify as like, I'm liberal, I'm a conservative, I'm a Trump supporter, I'm a blah, blah, blah. Like those are like, window dressings those are again like like uh like your personality is sort of just all this extra shit on top of the just extra shit versus the thing that make the fundamental humanity of a person yeah it's uh yeah they're condiments kind of you know (laughs) what i mean yeah um and uh yeah i i i don't yeah i don't think i don't think you should really talk about i feel like facebook has opened up this thing where we talk about our political beliefs a ton i don't think that's very helpful in Mm. the formation of political beliefs necessarily um i will i'll read i'll definitely read some articles when people send articles i don't believe that newspapers are are and are like liberal are like overtly liberal i feel like reporters just write articles based on who calls them back Hmm. you know quickest yeah. Um, I mean, that's how journalism kind of works. Right. When a lot of journalists also, they went to, you know, they went to universities. They tend to be college educated people with they to tend to skew more liberal on average. But I don't well, think, I don't think it's a conspiracy to, I mean, Republicans are rich too. Yeah. I mean, like all, yeah, yeah. all kinds of rich kids go to college, but it's mostly rich kids. Right. Um, and not, all, I mean, it's still an even split. I, I don't know. I think it's good to read newspapers because I'm, I've read Fahrenheit 451 and <laughs> 1984, all those books that they make us read, mm-hmm. um, should have prepared you for this like fascist shit. Like we've read yeah. so much about fascisty things, and I don't understand why so many on the right can't kind of hear the ground rumbling mm-hmm. when they put their ear to the ground. Like they can't hear the stampede of the dangers of far right. <laughs> like. Yeah. Shit. I don't know. Well, it's very spooky. Politics are very spooky. I am keeping off Facebook. I don't really want to think about it. I would like to talk to other people in real life yeah. about what they see going on and what they're experiencing in their lives um, so that I could be of use. Because I see a lot of people who um, protested for a long time or um, protest online somehow or are mm-hmm. always reading about that stuff and meditating on it. And... Um, and it, it sucks you dry, and you stop becoming useful. When comedians do it, they stop being as funny on stage. Yep. yep. And when other 
you know, writer friends do it or something like that, you just end up doing some form of preaching to the choir. Right, right. Where you can only talk to the already converted, and that's what I'm running away from a little bit. Mm. And um, so I think I think now it's a little bit important to embrace the messiness of our politics and maybe leave it alone and let it let it form some more. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is the thing? I mean, uh, the right is a uh, white nationalist now, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of the prevailing ideas that are coming out now. That's what that administration is going to be, mm-hmm. white nationalist mm-hmm. administration. That's very obvious. I would love for evangelists to be able to look that in the eye, but they really won't. Here I am asking people not to be as political, <laughs> so that's their version of that. Um, but the thing with the dim- with the left is that we're ineffective. You know, mm-hmm. we're not. You know, we have too many. We're too fractured. We have too many names for different sexualities and blah blah. Like everything that SNL makes fun of liberals for doing. Right. You know, we've got all that. We're we're not very unified for all of our talk of unity and tolerance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a Tea Party. You know what I mean? The Tea mm-hmm. Party was this fun, goofy movement that allowed a lot of this far right yeah. craziness to to be birthed and everybody wearing the tri-cornered hats and showing up and stuff (laughs) like they really mobilize the right is really good at that and i think it's because they're more homogenous maybe it's easier to form clubs when all of you are white um but um on the left though uh we we haven't been really good at at like sealing up and being a an effective counterpoint you know what i mean um there's really no party for you if you're Mm anti-war that's something that bugs me about Democrats is how many drone strikes Obama ordered or how many deportations he was behind and stuff. You know, there's, there's really, there's definitely evil to be seen on both sides. Um, but I, I just wish we didn't have those lines so clearly drawn. I, I, I feel like the way that we should be talking to each other is definitely, it should be less hostile. Um, and it should be more open-minded. And if Democrats, if I believe the Democrats are, more ethically responsible or more open-minded or intelligent uh, in large part mm-hmm. than, than, you know, the other side. If that is my boneheaded way of looking at things, yeah. then I have to go, well, then I'll be the bigger man and show by example how to listen better. Yeah. And so I definitely, after this election, and from talking to my more conservative relatives and stuff like that, I just decided to be less political online. Because mm-hmm. my role as I view things is... I'm an entertainer. I distract people from the sadness outside of theaters. Right. That's, or we, that's and we connect to that basic humanity that goes beyond the, the condiments. And every, everybody deserves to be happy. I mean, that's like my fundamental belief. And yeah. I don't want to be at a point in my comedy where I'm not making people who live in red states laugh because yeah. those people are important. And yeah, they're, yeah. I mean, they are. I mean, no matter how much you hate how racist someone is, that doesn't change the fact that, or at least if you're, if you come from a tradition like mine, it doesn't change the fact that that person was like a child of God, right? Essentially, and that he they're suffering too in their own way. I just I think war is not the answer. I think the war is turning the cheek, and so that's what I'm choosing to do in these situations. Yeah. Like, that's why I was like, it's okay, Granddad. It's okay. You can believe what you want. And to me, it's like it's more important to turn the cheek. Yeah, it's me like, too. Well, here's here here's you want to see how I do things. Uh, this is how I do things. I, yeah. I let you think the way that you think, and I don't have to convert you. I don't have to Mike Pence you in yeah. camp. Do you think part of the, maybe the issue of this this more polarization and separateness is that the left, a lot of people on the left have left the church? I feel like the biggest 
you know, as church attendance has gone down and I feel like our generation is the, especially the least religious I can ever, I can never picture. Like well, I, I hardly know anybody our age that goes to church. I know a lot of people my I'm, age that go to church okay. here and Nashville. Interesting. Um, I've popped into those churches. I call them sexy churches. <laughs> uh, everyone's in denim. And uh-huh. Everyone's hot. Like and mosaic. Like and Mosaics that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a sexy church or a cold brew church or however you call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool. And I definitely like that there's a place that's more welcoming to how my generation does things. But I mean, you heard the, you, you heard the like snide name that I have for it in my head. I, I don't have a great attitude on it, really. It seems it just seems like window dressing a little bit, mm-hmm. and and uh, I don't know. I I just I'm not that into design that I need <laughs> cute yeah. design on my church. That wasn't the issue for me. The issue for me was. Um, just thinking about how I deserve to go to hell all the time. Like that's what I hate about being in church yeah. is getting to pretend that you're pious and getting to do rituals in front of other people to show that you are pious. But I don't like that representative stuff. I don't like representing an image of, of Christian life. Mm. I would rather just be mucking it up out in the street yeah, and walking around. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing instead. I don't really like, I, I and I understand I, I don't know. You you were you were asking if um if it's a problem that there's less of like a, a universal church attendance, you know, on both sides of the thing. Just because there's less of a shared culture now, there's less of a shared sure, values. Yeah. There's no Johnny Carson, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yeah. not Johnny. There's no. There's nobody. You know, of the late night people, nobody's on that Carson level. Nobody's. We don't have. No, we've got a lot know? of funny guys now. <laughs> I don't think Carson's very funny. Well, but I mean, not even just the Carson thing, but just I feel like I don't know. And maybe it's all everything's anecdotal in terms of like uh-huh. your own personal experience. But like I, my church, I remember knowing there would be liberal people, there would be conservative people there, and we would intermingle. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't, you know. I, I was a kid, so people didn't talk politics to me. But like, sure, I feel like there's just we're less and less inclined to want to intermingle with the other side. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably, I don't know, you can, it's on me that I'm not interacting with Christians as much as I used to, but I interacted with Christians every single day for 23 years or something. Mm-hmm. I just, like, that was every single person that I talked to. Yeah. And um, it's just not an inclusive culture. I don't want to be a part of an exclusive culture like that. I like being an open, free agent. Yeah. person yeah, like yeah. I get to be out here I have all kinds of friends and I love getting down with all kinds of people yeah. and I don't like how, uh, how exclusive it is being in those church environments it feels very much like uh, um, like if you don't speak the language of those churches mm-hmm. you, you look weird mm-hmm. I don't like that I don't like that because it plays into all that nationalist racist shit. It plays back into just like drawing lines mm-hmm. between groups of people. So I, I've been saying be blessed to like people out <laughs> here because I started saying it again when I was in the South because it's kind of like, it's kind of like a way to just like, just be culturally Christian and not have to talk about that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. like when you're with a really religious person, you can say something like, 
hey, be blessed. As you're exiting a conversation, they're like, oh, I feel really special right now. I feel very blessed. <laughs> like we just had a long conversation about Christianity and agreed on everything. I, I would rather do that than actually get into it because totally. I'm even dreading now anyone I know listening to this podcast Oh man, because I'm very open with um, the loose nature of Christianity in my brain. But yeah, well, uh, I, I hope know. anybody listens to this. I think one reason I don't know if these people are built to talk to each other is what I mean. I, I don't, I don't know if we're really, if we really deserve that. <laughs> um, I hope that we can. I mean, that's definitely what I'm trying to do with my life, but I kind of had to, I had to really loosen the grip that Christianity had on me. Yeah, man. To to feel comfortable talking to other people. That's that feels like a deeply broken situation. Mm-hmm. So all the people that are holding tight to Christianity sometimes um like too tight. I just you're not really evangelizing to anyone. That's like that's a bummer. I don't know. I don't really want to be a part of a church yeah. that preaches evangelism that does not practice evangelism. What do you have a type of church that you would go to theoretically out here? Well, see now, now I just don't even like the rituals. Now I just in general don't like rituals. <laughs> like I just don't want to go to a church anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have toyed. I mean, me and my girlfriend talk a lot about attending Catholic masses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've when I've gone to mass, I've really enjoyed how different it felt from my tradition back home. Yeah. But affirmed a lot of the same truths. Um, I also like how impersonal it is. Very impersonal. Because by way of like not being all touchy feely, handshakey cold play, (laughs) you get to have your moment with Jesus. Like you get to be alone in your walk with Jesus. And that's Mm. more my personality. Like that's more what I would like. I would like to enter somewhere that had a spiritual atmosphere uh, that felt otherworldly rather than um, coffee shop, because uh, that's mm. too much a part of like my world for yeah. me to feel comfortable <laughs> worshiping in it. I'd like to go to a different dimension and and going to those cathedrals, or even like going to. Te- I've been to temple a couple times. Like even going to mm-hmm. like temple is fun because he, it's like you're seriously entering a different dimension. Yeah, and experiencing God there. To me, it's good to isolate yourself with 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 your creator or whatever. Yeah, for me, it was like the flip side of honoring your incarnation and sort of being able to encounter with uh, the spiritual through language you understand is it's interesting. Like whenever I I dabbled in studying like Eastern religions and stuff, it was and you're able to see sort of the same messages uh-huh. with fresh eyes with a yeah. fret because it's not your your cultural experience that you know, and so it's you're able to more easily draw the comparisons and see, like remember what it is that you loved about Christianity yeah. by seeing yeah. the beauty. And, it's almost, yeah. almost like uh, I dated this girl um, out of school, first girlfriend ever, first kiss, first anything, um, after Christian college. Um, we dated for two years, and uh, um, then we broke up. And um, I dated all kinds of girls out here. I say all kinds, but I'm not much of a Lothario really. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I wanted to date girls from different backgrounds and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Just learn. I dated one girl for almost as long as I dated that first girl. Um, and, uh, it was so weird. It was like, um, that first girl that I was with, um, Becca, um, very special person to me, just like, um, kept like coming up, to me all the time and um i was in a very 
I was in a generally happy relationship, but we were just very clearly not for each other. Yeah. And there would just be all these instances where, um, where, uh, it would be just a normal relationship moment and I would react poorly or the girl I was with would react poorly. Mm-hmm. And then this, the first girl would like come up in my head doing the sit, like a little video would play of like that same situation and how it went down with the last one. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's a bummer to realize that it's, it's a bummer to realize that you already had love and it's a bummer to realize that you have to sometimes enter these situations where love is hard to accumulate, um, mm-hmm. to realize like what love is basically sometimes you have to go through a bad relationship to see how good <laughs> relationships can be you know like what you don't want from someone yeah it's important to chase someone that um you think is right for you that's like because it's great once you're out of that um to look back and see what all you learned and yeah that person isn't evil it's just you have you've you've suddenly learned this entire textbook Mm -hmm. worth of data about like what you actually need in this life from a companion yeah and what you're able to give to a companion and now i'm back with that first girl like we didn't talk for like four years and then you know i had broken up with uh this other long-term relationship and time passed and we started talking again you know me and the first girl started talking again and now we're like headed towards permanence wow like um we had you know it's we have a great relationship and religion can be like that in a way it's important to yeah sometimes leave something or even take on like you do with Eastern religion, take on an entirely mm-hmm. like contradictory tra- tradition, if only to continue to shed light on the weird sculpture you were building in your heart's basement, you know, like just yeah. to like, get <laughs> yeah. a different angle on it. Um, yeah. Cause, and that's, that whole thing is something that leads me towards more of a universalist approach to this stuff. Cause it's like, well, if, if, if whatever decision I make is going to teach me some shit about who I am when I started, then I don't know. Then everyone must be starting from this point of redemption. I don't know. It's kind of, yeah. you have to learn what there was to be redeemed. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, I worry, I worry yeah. that people in insular religious traditions aren't learning like real re- redemption like it's like oh you just got given the gift best gift of the world eternal love eternal life right like what do you what do you do with that superman <laughs> like, <laughs> go out in that street and see what see what it actually means yeah like share it with someone right on well is that your podcast is that it? i think that's the podcast I, did i i don't think i had i don't think we finished a single sentence not single one um where can people find you um you can find me on my twitter at james austin that's c-h-a-m-e-s instead of james <laughs> mm-hmm. with, a, with a j it's uh c-h-a-m-e-s austin a-u-s-t-i-n and that's my instagram and twitter mm-hmm. uh, and those are the only things that i do i don't <laughs> i don't have a bunch of other stuff but i i act in things occasionally so um you you know you can find that stuff too if you go looking for it right on oh well, and i've i've been in uh two uh uh, independent Christian films that you can look up to. Really? Uh, yes. Not a bit? Not a bit. Uh, one is called Blue Like Jazz, which is based on Donald Miller's uh, bestseller. Mm-hmm. Um, Be that, weird if that's it wasn't kind based of a, on that. That's a sexy <laughs> church staple right there, Blue Like Jazz. Uh-huh. Um, cool Christians read that book. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm also in a movie called October Baby, 
Uh, I'm a pro-choice person, but I was in a pro-life movie called October Baby. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually love all the people that are involved in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I it was a it was a treat to work on that movie. And I definitely don't politically agree with it in any way. Yeah. But I still love that it's a part of like my career and stuff like that. And I think it wouldn't jive with the rest of this conversation that we had if I didn't acknowledge, <laughs> if I didn't acknowledge that I'm I'm pretty proud to be in a pro life movie, even if I just don't <laughs> don't straight up don't agree with its message. Yeah, man. Uh, that's okay. I I it was really fun to be a part of, and um, at the time I did believe that way, and so at the time it was great to be a part of something that affirmed a deep belief. But. Uh, yeah, people change, but I still look back fondly on that movie. And and you, I'm don't worry. I am the I am the comic relief in the anti-abortion. <laughs> it's a very heavy movie, but I got some silly scenes in it for you. Well, I love that man. That's great. <laughs> you should you should watch it. It's on Netflix, I think. October Baby, check it Tell out. Me, check it out. Oh, and I was in, and I need to save right. And I was in the Coen Brothers movie Hail Caesar. So you know, there you go. I got oh, one on the go. other side, on yeah. the cool side. I got that one too. Well, thanks so much, man. All right. Thanks, man. That's great. That's the show. Once again, thank you so much to James Austin Johnson. If you like this show, choose your own religion.com. Subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes. I love you. Jamaste. What's a creative podcast network?